Welcome back, CEOs. This is Melissa Mansfield-Anderson, your host for The Lipstick CEO. I want to know, how many of you could relate to the episode I had with Tammy Williams-Pacente? You know, the one about the pandemic actually helping some women's businesses? Were you someone who listened and thought, no, that did not do anything good for me. This is shitty. Are you looking to start making a switch and tapping into your passion? Well, when things are crazy and difficult, as much as they are right now, I know it doesn't make sense, but it's actually the perfect time for you to go ahead and take a dive in, or maybe a toe. <laughs> See if there's a way to profit from what it is that you love. Let me give you a brief walk through my pandemic journey. I started 2020 in my seventh year of owning a digital agency. I would finally gotten to a point that most of my clients were in the industry I had a passion for. Restaurants. Your girl likes to eat. I bet you know it's coming. By April, that shit was over. Nobody could afford me anymore. So I spent the summer starting an e-commerce business, but it wasn't enough to stay ahead because obviously there's overhead for products. I was also dishonoring my real gift and passion. So I had written a book back in 2019 called Learn to Love Your Bump, The Six Steps to Attacking the Mountain of Self-Esteem and Planting the Flag of Empowerment in Its Ass. Well, it was a 75-page powerhouse of a read where I took my readers through every shitty journey I've ever encountered from sexual child abuse to being a widow at only 36 years old. With every single journey, I explained how I got through it, showed them how they could do the same, and I even gave out steps to execute. So it's like a workbook as well. That book changed my life and the lives of hundreds of other women. So in August, I went back to being a digital sword, but this time I took on some new technology and took the time to learn things that I didn't know on back-end creation and created the course. So now I work side-by-side with women who have slayed their own dragons, and I teach them how to write their books in just 90 minutes so they can change even more lives. So the pandemic forced me to figure out exactly what my passion was and then how to profit from it. But another side benefit of that is it affected my mental health. Like now I'm doing something that I love so much that even though the outside world is crazy and crappy and scary, I can get up happy because I'm doing something I love every single day. So that brings me to my guest today. She has actually had the same passion since she was a little girl. And her story may sound really familiar to a lot of you. When I heard how she went from where she was pre-2020 and where she is now, I had to introduce you to her. I would like to welcome Rory Kelly to the show. Hey, Rory. Hey, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. I am super stoked to have you. <laughs> so I have to know, when did you know you wanted to be in the music industry? Uh, since I was a kid, 13 to be exact. It was the summer I turned 13. And it was it's that time, you know, when you're growing up, when you're transitioning from being a kid to being an adult. And music was the thing that saved my life through that process. And it's like magic. You listen to a song and it makes you feel better. And it's literal magic. And I was just like, I want in on that. I want to be that magic. That's so, awesome. I totally get that. No, so what did you do back then when you were 13 to be able to tap into it? When did you realize you were good at it? 
oh, I don't, you know, I think most artists have days where they think they're terrible and days when they think they're wonderful, and that's forever. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fair answer. (laughs) But um, I, at the time, you know, I had uh, always written poetry. Um, I'd always been a singer, like, you know, a casual singer, you know, like, I don't know very many 12-year-old girls who don't love singing. True. Um, And I taught myself to play guitar so that I could begin writing songs because that was like, that seemed like the next step. Okay, if I want to be a singer and songwriter and performer, then I better make some songs up. (laughs) I love how you did it yourself. I always, I actually sing too, but I haven't for a very long time. And when I was in high school, I had to rely on all the other musicians. So the fact that you kind of grabbed it by the balls and said, I got this, that's fantastic. And you taught yourself. That's awesome. Um, now you took a corporate path for a while. How did you continue to fuel your fire for performing in music? Yeah. Um, so it was accidental. Um, it's so funny because music has led me down every path in my life, including that one. I had learned how to do web design because I broke up with the person who was previously doing my website as a performer. And I was like, Oh no, I need a website. (laughs) So like I learned how to code because I don't do things halfway. And then I was like, oh, this is a marketable skill. <laughs> and I kind of moved into web development for um, accidentally like a bunch of years. And it paid my bills. It's very hard to turn down things that like, you know, I was uh, moving over the corporate ladder and receiving raises and stuff like that. So it was hard for me to walk away from because that's a, that's a compelling argument. You know, we're in a capitalist society. We have to support ourselves. Um, but in the meantime, I never stopped performing. So I just slept very little at that time. <laughs> I was, I was still gigging like several times a week, you know, and rehearsing once a week with my band and just doing everything I could. So what are some examples of what you were doing that you were fitting into your schedule? Like singing so, and going to, were you, you know, doing bars and? Yeah, I was, I was doing any kind of gig I could get my hands on. A uh, big focus on original music, especially like, I had a D job to support me. I didn't feel I need to go take a paid cover gig. So um I was really doing, grabbing any gig I could in the New York City music scene where it's very easy to get yourself a gig, in my opinion, and very difficult to get people to come to that gig because it's so oversaturated. Gotcha. So then like a lot of, uh, you know, just a lot of promotion time, a lot of constant marketing. And I definitely lived with that like, artist belief that like oh artists aren't good at marketing this is hard which of course made it harder <laughs> i love mental blocks oh yeah it's the most fun <laughs> that's so you know that that actually brings me to another point because this is your full-time livelihood and you did this in new york so by the way kudos because what a huge like it's saturated and now this is what you do so what is it that happened that made you decide it was time to finally say, screw fully stable. I'm doing this. This is me now. Yeah. It's funny because I can like give you an exact moment. And it's funny how much one exact moment can change your life. I was at, um, was at a music conference with a couple of friends of mine. And I was watching um, this other girl that I'm good, fr- good friends with. Um, watching her perform or practice for a performance at night or something like that. And I'm like, wow, I remember when I met her and like at the time I was further along on my music journey than her. And she like looked up to me and I'm like, I think she got better than me. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
in part fueled by pettiness. <laughs> <laughs> Petty competition can be a huge motivator. So that's awesome. I love how you're just honest about it. Yeah, I was really mad. This person used to suck. And now they're great and I need to do better. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, it was also like she chose a different path than me and it was one that fueled her craft, right? Like she got to play yeah. every day because she was teaching and like doing different things like that. And I didn't get to play every day, you know? Right. So I was like, wow, I could have been developing myself for the last five years, you know, like in the craft that means most to me. So craft. what did you do? What was your first step after that realization? Um, I kind of just took a few days and went like, oh, God, what do I do? <laughs> Which is always, I think, a good first step to have that like, oh, boy, sink in moment because we yeah. need it. It helps our subconscious start processing. And um, I just started paying attention to money. I started brainstorming. I'm like, what ways could I be making money that are not this day job that's taking so much out of me? Um, what ways could I begin to make a comparable income? And I kind of made a list and I tried a bunch of things and I made a spreadsheet because I'm that Virgo. And, um, I, I just like watched, I watched my money every month. I would check in with myself and be like, how did this go? And mm-hmm. the first year we're talking about like under a thousand dollars for the whole year in music income, <laughs> <laughs> but I was getting better. You know, like I was like, okay, this gig worked. This gig got me $0 and a lot of stress. I won't book it again. You know, it's slowly, but surely I was able to look and see here's what works and build on it. And here's what doesn't work and not build on it. Now, crazy thing when I talked to you um you had mentioned that last year was actually one of your best years what do you it think was, it, what yeah. do you think contributed to that um last year was a wild turnaround for me and actually another I think beautiful moment of truth like I was previously I had been making my money playing gigs and bars mm-hmm. playing cover gigs I was the person in the corner that you'd come over to and ask to play brown eyed girl you know what I mean yep and um then obviously like bars and restaurants just stopped being for a long time and it's so sad and a lot of people have been struggling um and i just i looked around again looked at friends of mine who were in the same situation and how they were handling it in different ways and i said i could spend the next six months paralyzed with fear trying to do every single thing while i'm like awake you know like to bring in whatever pennies I can bring in and just do my best to make all the money or I can put some faith in myself and try to do the things I have always wanted to do and not have enough time to do and and know that I'll make it work because I've been good for it in the past. So you uh, you know what I just heard there? I heard a fierce warrior female say, I knew I could get it done, so I did that shit. That's exactly what <laughs> I heard and that is so impressive. So. What it, what are some of the things that you did? Now, I will say I've seen your Monday night concert, which is cool. It is so awesome. I love you have that set up um, and you've monetized that. What are some other things that you've done as a musician to make sure you have regular income? Um, well, thank you, first of all. I okay. <laughs> uh, So that was a big part of it. The other thing was I kind of took a look around and, and realized what I wasn't happy with in my career. What I wasn't happy with was being the person playing Brown Eyed Girl every night. That wasn't my dream of being a singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first switch was like almost a spiritual switch. It was me going, I'm going to, if I don't, if nothing is certain anyway, I'm going to throw my money and my time at the thing that I love. So I just started going all in on online music um, and all in on my original music. My That series, Monday Night Muses, 
is uh, an original focus series. And I just, I, I did like all the other things I never had had time to do. I opened up my online shop. I started selling merch. I started um, really aggressively, and I don't mean like in a mean way, but like I started really pushing myself to put offers and let people know I was selling things on the internet every day, which is very hard for a lot of people. It's hard for us to sell things. So I just made a practice. Every day, people are going to know that they can buy my music or they can buy my t-shirt. Every day, by gosh. And part two is that I have a side tarot business that I have to say blew up in 2020. Everyone wanted guidance last year. I can't <laughs> imagine why. No, right. <laughs> I hope we have time at the end of this because I want to touch on that. And, and it's funny. I'll tell you why it's really funny that I want to touch on that. Now, if you could go back to the girl who made that decision years ago to take the stable road, what would you tell her knowing what you know now? I would tell her to trust herself. She had so much self-doubt. She had just like, it was like, you know, society can be just a battering ram, I think, to, to young women. You know, it just makes us not trust ourselves. It makes us think that we're wrong and we have to do things. Whatever we think is probably the wrong way and we have to do the opposite. I would I would tell her, trust yourself more. Do what matters to you. It's really, really going to work if you give it your all. Yeah, that's really sage advice. You know, having the dream of being a performer when you were younger, do you feel that you were um, not properly supported in that dream by people that loved you? Uh, it's really hard to say. You know, I, it's funny. My parents are both in the music industry, and my dad is actually my recording partner now, which is wonderful. That's really cool. Yeah. So I definitely had, like, I had a roadmap of, like, this is what a couple of people did for success. Like, my mom used to do what I did for a living. Um, But I think they also had the other side of it, where they know all the bad parts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So they definitely, in wanting what was best for me, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and, it, and not just my parents, but like every other adult in my life who maybe wasn't a musician and didn't know that, yes, this can be a real, a real way to make a living, like, encouraged me to have a plan B. But the subtext was, no, actually, plan B should be your plan A, and doing the thing you like should be something you do in your spare time if you get to. <laughs> right. They, yeah, make it a hobby. But yeah. it's not how it works when it's your passion. It's in your blood. And music is, if it's in your blood, it's in your blood. There's no getting away from it. Yeah, so it's a calling. It, it's right. And a stress reliever. It's so much. I'm I'm so glad that I had that in my life. And I, I still do it just now. It's, you know, in this hour. <laughs> um, I want to tell you, by the way, when I did listen, I listened to, you know, your music. I listened to your words which were really deep. Um, they're very much life path. And you reminded me of, and I hope this is uh, flattering to you, uh, you reminded me of the Indigo Girls. Who oh, thank you. I grew up with, and I loved them. I got to see them live, actually here in Maine. They played at Bates College. And I just, all through the end of high school to my early 20s, I remember the feeling I would get when I listened to them. It was such a, it was calming, it was deep, it was intense, the music, it all just worked together. And that's how your music is. And I haven't heard anything like that since then. So I know you've been working on a new album. How would you describe the feeling you want your listeners to vibe with when they listen? Thank you. Um, and thank you for bringing up my new album. Thanks for working that in. Oh, um, no <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really want, I don't want music that makes, that makes people feel just like, kind of artificially mellow. I want to dig deep and help 
people feel their wounds when they hear songs. Like I don't stay, I don't steer clear of the stuff that I think is dark that can be traumatic and challenging for us because I've learned that like the magic behind art is that when I sing about my pain and you hear me singing about it and it reflects your pain, we like magically, we are both healed. We both feel better because we know we're not alone in it. And that's what I want. I want people to feel seen and connected and cared about to know that their struggle is important and that they're not in it alone. That relation piece is really, I mean, and we're so craving that right now, you know, the way the world is right now, just to, to be able to, I love that you're live on Monday nights, uh, but on Facebook, by the way, guys, find her Rory Kelly, R O R I R O R I E Kelly, K E L M Y. Um, and you can hear her play. And to be able to connect with you by seeing you. And I think that Facebook, regardless of how popular you are, and you're pretty damn popular, um, you're still a person. And, and doing it the way that you're doing it allows people to really get in there and feel like they're there with you and a friend as opposed to buying a ticket to a show or even just sitting at a bar. You know, there's a there's just a different space when you're both in that space on social media. It's true. It's very intimate. It, and I'm always telling people like being vulnerable is a superpower that artists have. It's not something we should be afraid of. No, I, I think it's probably your biggest tool. That's where your, mm-hmm. your listeners can really connect because they feel safe with you. Now you are currently doing a crowdfund to bring your album to the masses. Where can we find that? Thank you for asking. So if you go to tinyurl.com, backslash support shadow work okay. support shadow work like all one word um that's the name of my album shadow work if you go visit um you can pre-order the album like get your advanced digital or vinyl or cd copy of the album and help me bring it out into the world and there's also some other cool perks in there i have an option for you to claim a tarot reading or claim a personalized commissioned cover that i would perform on youtube of a song of your choice Oh, so cool. I tried to make it really fun. Oh, that's friggin'. So I'm so getting the personalized commission YouTube thingamajig here. I'm going <laughs> to throw it at the front of my podcast because that's cool as shit. <laughs> <laughs> so for anyone that couldn't write that down or is, you know, lazy like me, just go to my website, melissamanderson.com forward slash lipstick and you're going to be able to find all of Rory's information. You'll get the crowdfund link. You'll get the Facebook link, the website link. Um, and since, well, one more question. We have plenty of time. Okay. What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career of their passion, but they're scared to take the next step? I would tell them to just make it as small as possible and take it. I, I think sometimes when you're afraid of taking a step, like looking at why you're really afraid, it will, it might convince you to just go ahead and do it anyway. You know, it will, you'll, you'll realize, oh, I'm just afraid because when I was seven years old, like my teacher told me I should <laughs> lip sync in the chorus and I didn't have talent. Like it's something that's like, wow, that was a wounded kid and I don't have to be a wounded kid anymore. I can actually show that wounded kid that she's worth it, you know? So take a baby step. You don't have to do it all at once. You could take one tiny baby step and not change your life dramatically. And just take a small step and then another small one tomorrow. And it does add up, I promise. That's awesome. That's great because I I, I love Steve Harvey. I love Steve Harvey. But he said something that two years ago 
I was like, yes. And it was like, you know, you take the step even if you don't know where the next stair is. Yeah. But we can't do that right now. We can't do that right now because we are in a pandemic and we have responsibilities and things that we have to pay for. And some of us have kids to feed or dogs to feed, cats to feed, you know. And you can't just take the step anymore, not knowing what's going to happen. So that baby step thing there is, you're right, there's something you can do that's really small that'll get you there. And baby steps do still get you there. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, and a step doesn't have to be a leap, right? right? Like, taking a step doesn't mean you throw away whatever your current livelihood is. Right, you know? <laughs> no, that's really not the thing. You don't have to, like, walk into your boss's office all mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done, I'm living my passion. I'm going to live in my car until I make it work. <laughs> you can't do that. No. So, but we can still take steps. Little baby steps. So... Speaking of baby steps and maybe not knowing what's coming and what's the next step and where can I see it and all the stuff. What's funny is you mentioned tarot and what makes it funny is I'm Christian. And we did talk mm-hmm. a little bit about this last time we talked and I grew up in a household where my mom is a psychic reader. She has been a psychic reader my whole life. This is something she gets paid to do. And I became much more strict Christian. Um, in my early 30s. But because of how I grew up, I could never let go of that piece that, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of Christians believe that, you know, it's the work of the devil. It's the work of the devil. But I really feel like if that's the gift you have, God gave it to you. God gave you your gift. You were made. Therefore, the gift was given to you. Use the damn thing to help people. So that being said, I get a reading every year. And I think that the women that are listening right now might could love (laughs) to talk to you about tarot. Now, can you explain the difference between um, like a a card reading as opposed to maybe a palm reading or, you know, when you're sitting with someone and they're just reading, reading? Sure. Well, they're they're all different types of divination. And I'm going to also say, like, different people have a lot of different beliefs about what's happening, right? When you do any kind of psychic or divinatory reading, Mm -hmm. there are people who think a spirit is whispering in your ear. There are people who, um, there are people who think that it's a gift from God. There are people who think that it's the devil. Right. And, and then there's like a whole lot of people. Um, and I'm kind of like straddling this line because I'm someone who is like, if something's useful and I'm in my integrity, I don't care a whole lot <laughs> about the like what's happening under the hood. Right. As long as it's effective and I'm doing good, you know, with it. But um, there are people who just think, hey, it's a psychological tool. It lets you tap into your subconscious in a way that you can't do in day to day conversation. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of beliefs. And. For me, what being a tarot reader is, is like a kind of a combination of those ideas where I think that there's the tarot deck has 78 cards that call to us like archetypes that really do affect our subconscious and and help us tune into that inner wisdom that we have. And I also think intuition plays a role. You know, as a tarot reader, I'm not going to read the same card the same way twice. One day I might be compelled to tell you one thing about it. And another another day I might hone in on a different detail and that's where intuition comes in, you know. Um, and my attitude is nothing is set in stone. I believe that we are the masters of our destiny. And so getting, you know, information about what's going on or where we're at subconsciously can really help us make 
wise and empowered choices in our lives. That's my goal with the client. I don't want them to feel scared. I want them to feel empowered. I want them to walk away and feel like now I can make a great choice for my future. Right. I, I, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. What she said. <laughs> I just, I believe and I love that, you know, you have integrity because that means if you see something that's negative, you're going to share that as well. And I know in my experience, some readers don't like to tell their clients things that are bad, but you know, that's one of the first things I want to know because if, if you see something, I know that now you're giving me the opportunity to shift, modify and move around that I might be able to avoid that from happening, you know, based on my current path. And divination, I just, it's such a great tool. And I would love to know, is there anything that you could offer to our listeners um, or any kind of special that you have going on where they could just get a taste of what you do? Absolutely. Yeah, I would love to offer your listeners um, if you're listening to this, I know it'll be linked on the podcast website. Um, I have a guide card reading. I do this at the beginning of every year, usually for my clients. I call it my guide tarot card reading. So I select a card for you and it's meant to be a touchstone you can turn to for your entire year. So it's not a card that's going to tell you you're going to win the lottery. You're going to meet a tall, dark stranger. Instead, it's going to give you like what you need to know, the wisdom you need for the times when you want to grow. And the times when you're stuck and you're like, oh, gosh, I need advice. And that's where you come back to the card and the card will point you towards where you need to go. So, for example, my card for the year this year is the Ace of Wands. And that's a card of inspiration and power and waking up to your own power. And I turn to that card when I am struggling. And it reminds me, like, you have the power to do this. That's the message that I need this year. Okay. And it's helping me. It's helping me grow. Why didn't I think to ask you to do a card for me so that we could do it on this call? Like what? Oh my gosh. Do you want to? We can? <gasps> yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm getting, a, I'm getting my tarot cards okay. right now. And we can go over if we have to, because this is super cool, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all could use like a snapshot, um, and a, and a guiding, driving vision, um, to be able to go back yes. to a, a lot of women. When I, when I was in Atlanta, there's a woman that does the, you know, what's your word of the year? And she has this workshop. And at the mm -hmm. end of it, you leave with, you know, joy, faith, drive, enthusiasm. And I don't see how that is different than what we're doing here. You know what I mean? Except that you're, mm -hmm. you're tapping into your subconscious and feeling my energy. And it's just, it's more intimate. So. Yeah, I I believe that what happens with the tarot reading is you get the combined inner wisdom, you know, my higher self, your higher self, you know, are 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 teaming up to be like, hey, here's what here's what is really going to help you. They know, they know what to tell you. That's enough information that you can move forward in power, that you won't be too frightened to move, you know, and and that you can help check yourself, right? Give yourself the direction you need. Yep, absolutely. I'm so excited right now. So you let me know whenever you're ready. All right, I'm shuffling your cards right now. I hope you can hear this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I actually love the sound of a good shuffle. <laughs> Do you need me to think <laughs> of anything or? Just think about what you want this year, this coming year to be for you. Okay. You can think concretely or you can think in feelings. I have some concrete feelings. <laughs> I'm playing, but in my head I am serious. I'm an entertainer, you know. <laughs> 
I hear that. <laughs> Believe me, I understand. <laughs> There's a fine line. Right. <laughs> right. Your card of the year is the Seven of Pentacles. Oh. And by the way, I'll send you a photo of this card if you want to put it up on the website so people can look at the art. Because I think that's lovely. What you see in a card can be as important as what I see in a card. Yeah. But I'll describe it to you. The Seven of Pentacles, we see a figure tending to plants. And the plants are growing pentacles on them. Now, pentacles are gold coins with a star in the middle. So it's a symbol of prosperity and wealth. And also, it's not just money, right? It's all those things that give us stability. So our home life, our resources in terms of our community, our time, our health, all those things that if we don't have them, life doesn't feel good. So this is a part about tending to your stability. And what I want to share with you is this is a card. It's the seven of pentacles. So it's not early in the journey. It's right in the middle. In the part that sometimes gets a little boring, where you're like, okay, I've been, I've been doing the work, right? I've been reading the health, the self-help books. I've been uh, developing my marketing brand. You know, I've been doing all the things. And when am I going to get my big payoff? And that's often the time when people give up and they give up right before they experience that big success. This is a time when if you planted something at the beginning of the year, right? Like a tomato plant, mm -hmm. it's like July. That plant isn't giving you a tomato yet. Right. But. It's thriving. It's still a threat. You still have to care for it every day. You know, you're doing the things you need to do. And the fruit is going to be born if you continue to just do the work. And it's like just that simple daily practice. So that's what I what I invite you to return to when you're in your dark moments this year, when you're like, oh, boy, because <laughs> we all have those moments um, is, you know what? I already know my path. I know what my daily practices are that make it work for me. And if I keep doing that and putting one foot in front of the other, it will work. To trust the process. That is the big message of this card. Trust your process. I love that. Thank you. I needed to hear that. Like, I'm choked up on the inside. I'll, I won't be sharing that part here. Like, I'll maintain the <laughs> on this one. And the other thing I want to say is um, pentacles. Like, uh, pentacles are... And I'm going to bring it back to religion again because I'm one of those people oh, yeah. where I'm, I'm a Christian and I don't believe that as a Christian we have to be locked into everything that we're told. And mm -hmm. I love that it's pentacles because of the fact that each point represents a facet and all of those things need to be tended to for it to be, for you to be whole. So yeah. I, and <laughs> seven, by the way, is one of my favorite numbers. So 25 is my favorite number and it's because two plus five nice. equals seven. So that card couldn't have been any more perfect. I love it. I didn't know you were a number nerd oh, like me. That's wonderful. One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I have a problem. I, like I'll look at things and I'll pick numbers, patterns out that aren't even there. Yeah. So. I, I'm the same way. My husband knows that I will only have six tomatoes or nine tomatoes if I'm chopping them up for yeah. a salad. I will not have, I will not have a different number. That's how many it needs to be. Oh, digress. <laughs> I'll tell my husband you can't give me less than three kisses. It's like three. <laughs> okay, guys. So we're sorry. We just took you down a whole other path. If you want your card done, which I bet you do, <laughs> go to my website again, melissamanderson.com forward slash the lipstick CEO. And grab Rory's information because this shit is fire. And make this your year. Make it your year. So Rory, thank you so much. So, so much for being on. Thanks for the uh, reading. That was fantastic. And I will definitely look forward to the merchandise that's on your site. I actually, I think I want a t-shirt. 
I could have a t-shirt with your face on it and your album cover would be awesome. Oh, I love it. And you can get a t-shirt at the um at the crowdfunding campaign. Awesome. I'm just going to say. Yay! It's <laughs> available. I'm heading that way. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. And you, gorgeous creatures that are listening, thank you for hanging out with us. Don't forget, we are women and we were designed to persevere. Your story is your superpower and there are people in the world that need you right now. So until next time, coffee, mascara, passion, profit, and repeat.